You're listening to the Take Imperfect Action Podcast, and today I'm talking with the amazing Jen Casey about the powerful art of reframing. So if you are interested in learning about one of the most powerful superpowers that an entrepreneur can have, then stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the Take Imperfect Action Podcast. My name's Allison, and I've been running my own businesses full-time for the last 10 years, which has allowed me to up-level my life, my finances, and my mindset, and it all happened by taking imperfect action. My goal with this podcast is to help you step outside of your comfort zone by giving you specific action steps that you can take that'll grow your online business and positively impact your life. I love giving you the steps, the strategies, and the kick in the pants that you need to get growing in the right direction. So if you're looking to leave your perfectionism at the door in order to make a much bigger impact, then you've come to the right place. Thank you so much for being here. Now let the fun begin. Hello, friends. It is Allison from Wonderlast.com, and oh, baby, have I got a special treat for you today. Today, I'm sharing a value-packed interview that I did with my friend and fellow entrepreneur, Jen Casey. Jen is someone who I met through our mutual mentor, James Wedmore. So if you don't know Jen, she's a business strategy coach and a master NLP, neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, that's a mouthful, from New York City. She also has a top-rated podcast called The Inner Boss Podcast, which is an absolutely amazing podcast. If I do say so myself, I'll of course link that for you below in the show notes so you can take a listen. And she helps online coaches think like a top earner and turn their social media into sales. And even if you're not a coach specifically, pretty much everything that we talk about in the interview can be applied to you. We talk about a lot of the common mental and emotional pitfalls of entrepreneurship because we all know that entrepreneurship is an inner game. We discuss the lies that we tell ourselves, things we do to basically self-sabotage ourselves and keep ourselves stuck. And of course, we talk about how we can get out of our own way so that we can create the type of life and business that we want. There is so much goodness in store, and Jen is just one of the sweetest, most kind-hearted, most giving people that I have ever met, and I absolutely cannot wait for you to meet her. So without further delay, let's press play on that interview. All right, my friends, I have a very special guest with me here today, Jen Casey. Jen Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you on. I have been a listener of your podcast for years now. You're amazing. And I'm so excited for all the value that you're going to bring to this episode. I know it's going to be epic, but before we dive into all of the juicy stuff, just in case my listeners are not familiar with you, let's start from the very beginning. Go ahead and share a little bit about who you are, what you do, who you help, and how you help people. Yeah, so I work with, well, I'm a a brain-based business coach, and I work with online coaches who want to build profitable group coaching programs. Specifically, that could be other things as well. And really, when I say brain-based business coach, I think what I really feel so passionate about is bringing together one part strategy and one part, the psychology of really, because here's the thing, when I was first growing my um, business, even back in the day, I started as a health coach and did some network marketing. And when I transitioned into business coaching, as soon as I had that first big uh, launch, what I started noticing after coaching you know, hundreds of clients through that first program was that there were some people that absolutely crushed it. We all have that. The, the right. A plus yeah, yeah. students who just, the, they go for it. Then there's like the people who are somewhere in the middle. They're showing up. They're maybe getting their first sale, just starting to get those first quick wins. Then it's yeah. the people who show up every single day and they're asking questions, but they're yeah. not taking action. And then there's people who don't show up at all. And yeah. I just felt like I was out of integrity. Obviously, I couldn't take responsibility for their results. They had to show up right. and do it themselves. But I felt like there was something missing in the way that I was coaching and teaching. And so I was asking myself the question, why is it that some people are over here and other people are over here? Despite having the same blueprint or steps. Right. They've all been given the same blueprint, the same 
program, the same opportunity, the same calls, the same container, and yet they're getting such drastically different results. Yeah. And I had to take a step back and really rework my swing and figure <laughs> out. I say that it, I am not into golf at all, but I remember hearing a great metaphor. Do you know what I'm referencing too? Uh, no, no, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'm like, I just say that and people are like, Jen, what are you talking about? So there's a story about um, Tiger Woods that he was the top of the game. I do know who that is. Yeah, yes. I know nothing about golf, but he was the top of his game and he decided to remove himself from the sport to rework his swing and shift oh. it so minutely to then come back and dominate even more and be oh, successful at a time. Yeah. So that's when I say, I'm like, I knew I needed to step back and rework yeah, my swing. Yeah, I like it. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Once, once you know the context of it, it makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, I mean, it sounded legit before, but now it sounds even more legit. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. So how, how long have you been doing, like, how long have you really been incorporating more of this, like, psychology and the inner stuff into your work? I'm assuming that's what you really incorporate when you're working with um, clients and stuff. Yeah. So I think for me, I actually have a degree in psychology. So it's always been something I was super passionate about. Um, you know, I was a professional performer and going to acting school. I always yeah. find it so fascinating that in psychology, you're taking a fully formed human and yeah. then peeling back the layers to really understand what makes them tick. Whereas mm-hmm. as an actor, you're looking at text on a page and you have to build the character yeah. from those things. So then you have to add all the layers and make them a a real live human being that you would believe is a human being. So I think no matter what context I've been moving through, like whatever I've been doing in life, it's always kind of come back to that. And of course with marketing and business, you're trying to figure out what motivates somebody, what makes them move, what makes them buy, what makes them shift, what motivates them to change. So it's been really interesting to see that (laughs) I'm pretty consistent with, with what I'm drawn to. Uh, so I think that's always a good sign. You're, you're yeah, on the right path. For sure. <laughs> and so for me, I think it got to a point in my business stuff. I, I think I had compartmentalized a lot of the things that I was doing. Mm-hmm. Kind of how little kids, they don't mm-hmm. want the feet touch with the carrots. Oh, yeah. I was putting everything in a box. <laughs> yeah. And at some point, I realized, oh, wait. I can blend all of these things. And that's mm-hmm. actually one of the things that I teach. I'm like, it's a kind of like this expertise sandwich, expertise equation. Yeah. But I remember yeah. first recognizing this. A lot of you guys are probably fans of Jen Sincero, the author of You Are a Badass. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good book. Love her. So I remember yeah. reading her book early on. And she was talking about how she had written other books previously and was also and, and was a life coach. And then was also uh, in a band called Crotch. And she didn't want, and it was like this angsty girl band. She didn't want her crotch groupies to know about her life coaching stuff. And she didn't want her life coaching people to know about her band. Yeah. So same thing. She was trying to separate it. And once she sort of embraced that and allowed those two worlds to come together, that was kind of the beginning platform for her book, You Are a Badass. Of really being able to just authentically step forward in wholeness is all parts of you. And I remember reading that and something just clicked for me like, oh, I've been trying to compartmentalize. My health coach stuff was here. My acting stuff was here. My uh, group fitness stuff was here. My business stuff was here. My psychology stuff was here. And I wouldn't allow anything to touch. And as soon as I started to step into and embrace, oh, wait, these are all parts of me. These all complement each other. What if I step forward and start teaching in this very unique way, given the skill sets and the experiences that I've had. That was kind of the beginning of it. And I think things just went so much deeper as I started to really study um, and and attend like Tony Robbins and and different events, uh, explore different uh, coaches who were not just kind of, I I love personal development books, but I find that a lot of them are very surfacy and fluffy and rah-rah. Yep. We started finding things that had a lot of depth, a lot of uh, psychology and research behind them, which I'm such an INTJ. I'm an INTJ too. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, that T, I'm like, give me the strategy, give me the steps, give me the (laughs) And I felt like a lot of the things that I was being exposed to in the rah-rah personal development world kind of were, were missing that. I wanted more. And so that was really the beginning of me trying to 
one, figure out how to help my clients get better results faster because I felt out of integrity, even though the results were amazing. Like that's the right, funny thing. Right. They were yeah. doing really well. Um, but I just knew that we could do better. That's like yeah. an obsession for me. We could do better. Yeah. And also just my own personal need to really understand this personal development world at a much deeper level and, and figure out, you know, why is somebody reading 15 different books in a year and they're moving, they're, they're having shifts, but not at the quantum level yes. that they want to be having yes. it. So what's missing? Yes. I love that. I love so much of what you said. There's like three different holes I want to go down. First of all, I love that you combined all the parts of you because I found myself doing that as well several years ago. And it's funny because like when you look back at like the path of where you kind of started to where you are now, it's kind of like each event in some way, even though it didn't really make its sense at the time or whatever, it, it, it prepares you for the next thing and the next thing. But then there's also just like lessons that you learn in all of those things. And it's like, when you can just bring all of that together into, as you said, one sandwich where you're like kind of taking all those pieces and blending them together. I think that's so beautiful. I absolutely love that. And I love how you talked about the T in the INTJ part of you, because I find my, I found myself doing the same thing. Like several years ago, back I've told my listeners this, I really got into like the inner work and more of the woo woo stuff little over two years ago, I've gone all in obsessed. But before that, what I found myself being frustrated with was, first of all, I was like obsessed with the steps. <laughs> like, yeah. like, first of all, I was just fixated on like, no, no, I don't need anything. If I have a plan, then all I need to do is execute those steps. But also like when I would try to kind of do some of the inner work, I found a lot of it. I don't want to use the word fluffy, but I had a very hard time. Like, how do I apply this? Like, mm -hmm. what does that even look like? And I find that a lot of people also have the same, um, same challenges because like when I'm talking about with my audience, they're like, well, I don't know where to begin. Like, and then, you know, so I would love to dive more into like, um, what does that kind of look like? Like, as far as like, like if, if I were to, let's, let, let's talk about this. Cause this is a question I get all the time. How do you identify things like limiting beliefs? Cause that's something that people hear all the time. Like, Oh, it's a limiting belief. But then I always have people being like, well, how do I know what my limiting beliefs are? Mm, I love this. I think the easiest first way to identify your limiting beliefs or just really your beliefs in general is to look around at your life. Mm -hmm. Whatever you currently have in your life is because you have a belief and a pattern that's holding you there. Mm -hmm. So when people say limiting beliefs, that's simply a belief that is out of alignment with what you want to move towards. Mm. So if you have, so there's no, and I think people are like limiting belief is a bad belief. It's not necessarily a bad belief. I could have a belief that, uh, I'm a six figure earner and maybe I'm, but maybe I'm actually a millionaire. And it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. well, in that context, being I'm a six figure earner is probably going to be a, a belief that's limiting for a millionaire mindset. Right. So right, right. It's, it's all in context of what you're actually moving towards. And so a belief that maybe at one time helped you get to, let's go with the money theme here. Right. Like you had a belief that helped you to get to six figures. And we see this with a lot of newer entrepreneurs they have beliefs around hard work equals success. Yeah. And so they hustle and they grind and that gets them to that first level, maybe six figures. And then all of a sudden they realize, oh wait, I've maxed out on my time, my energy, my yeah. will. <laughs> I just, was that person. <laughs> exactly, right? And it's like, oh wait, if I want to achieve this new level of success or this new expanded version of me, it might require a different set of beliefs with that next level of expansion. And, it's, and I think really a, a big part of the personal development world, the goal of it from, from kind of objectively what I've seen is to really help people consistently question their beliefs so that they can continue moving through that next level of expansion. Mm -hmm. But unless you recognize 
the beliefs pe- people get all fixated on the limiting beliefs ah, i have limiting beliefs I'm not yeah, limiting yeah, yeah 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 oh, what are and they? Then, <laughs> yeah and then the belief that you have so many limiting beliefs disorders is a limiting belief <laughs> becomes the biggest worst limiting belief of all that's yeah, actually ironic yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And with beliefs, what we focus on expands. So the more that we're focusing on all the limiting beliefs that we have that we're not going to be able to move through, and I just have so much shit that I got to figure out, (laughs) that's in itself the, the biggest block of all. Yeah. And I think that's, it's just, that's funny because like, I remember when that got pointed out to me because I was one of those people two years, like two-ish years ago being like, well, I don't know what my limiting beliefs are. And what if I, and I just remember like when I heard essentially what you said, it was kind of like my mind was just like, like a limiting belief is that you're confined by your limiting beliefs. (laughs) (laughs) So I just love that. So as you are working with, you work with, so just, just to clarify, um, you work with primarily coaches, coaching businesses, but I just want to say like to everyone who's listening, like this, this stuff applies to, it doesn't matter if you coach or not. Like if you're listening right now and you're like, well, I don't have a coaching business. Like don't, don't tune out. This applies to, uh, anything that you are doing. I think like no matter if you coach or whatever you do. Um, but I'm curious As you're working with your um, customers and clients, what do you find are like the biggest blocks? What are the major things that you see keeping people stuck? Hmm. So there's a couple of specific things within my personal business. Well, I'll say too, what you just said about that, this is not just for coaches. I couldn't agree more. Really becoming a better communicator is what this is teaching you. So whether you are in sales or you have a team of, uh, did I freeze? No. Did I freeze? Oh. Yeah, you did. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, Is it that? might be mine. I just want to, um, whether you are a coach or you are in sales and PS, everyone's in sales. We are yeah. all trying to sell you're something. In business, so you're in sales. <laughs> if you're a human, you're in sales. That's true. That's true. Right. So like, if you have dinner tonight, you're trying to sell them on dinner. Yes. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> Some are better than others, right? So if you have a team of employees, if you are an employee and you want your voice heard more, if you have relationships, if you're a parent, guess what? You're in sales, right? And you need to be, uh, or not that you need to be, but it would probably serve you to be a more effective communicator and to be able to identify these limiting beliefs in other people because it just allows you to have more freedom in your own life, as well as better communication with pretty much everyone you interact with. Yeah. So kind of going back to your question within that, um, I'm like, what was the question? I just went on a tangent. Uh, the question, the question, uh, what were, what are like, as you're working with all of your clients, what are some of like the biggest blocks? I don't know what to call the blocks or things that are keeping people stuck. Like when you say that, you know, you have a group of people and there's people, they all have essentially the same steps or blueprint and some of them knock it out of the park. Some of them, you know, what, what are the things that really make the difference? Like there are, are there major, like, are there commonalities in between like what your clients are like bumping up against? Does that make sense? Oh, completely. I think the number one thing specifically in business, but I'm sure this likely applies to many other areas as well, is just this imposter syndrome idea of I'm not enough or I, what if I'm not good enough? And if I'm not good enough, then what? Then we build a story about, oh, then I'm going to fail. Then I won't be loved. Then I'll be kicked out of the tribe. And all of these very survival instinct fears start coming up. And when people say, you know, I'm not good enough, or what if I'm not smart enough? It makes me think of, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect. I have. Okay. So I've heard, I know the name, but remind me of what it is. Yeah. So the way I want you guys to visualize a chart right now. So we've got a chart on one side uh, on the Y axis. Okay. (laughs) That's the upward one, right? Middle school math. The the tall one. Yeah. It's been a long time. Okay. (laughs) Middle school math. So on that side, we have confidence. And then on the bottom line, we have competence. Mm, Now, when someone first steps into learning something new, because it's completely new to them, 
there is a surge of confidence, but mm-hmm. their confidence is really low because they've just learned it. Right. So we see this a lot in the online space. I remember when I was a brand new entrepreneur, I thought I was going to roll up to social media, post my link and bing, bang, boom, be a millionaire. Right. I think a lot of people have that. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually be based on this. That is in a, in a sense, a little bit of a rite of passage mm-hmm. where we have that surge of confidence. We think it's easier than it actually is. And of course, in our space, we see a lot of people saying that it's really, really easy and get yeah. this, in this many days. So there's a lot of claims that unfortunately reinforce that belief. And then when it yeah. doesn't work for us, we think, well, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Right. So, okay, going back to Dunning-Kruger, we've got confidence on one side, competence on the other. So we begin some new project, new uh, area of expertise. We have a surge of confidence. And then as we start to learn more and actually move forward in our competence, our confidence drops oh. all of a sudden. Oh, so it drops. it drops. Initially oh. it drops because we go, oh, snap, there's a lot more to this than I thought there was. Mm, yeah. So in the beginning, it just looked bright and shiny. This is super fun and easy. Going with the business example like, or even health and and wellness. People begin a new health and wellness journey. And at first it seems really excited and easy. The first week. (laughs) The first week, right? Everyone's super amped up. We see this in coaching programs or courses. Everybody finishes that first module. And then all of a sudden life begins to happen and it, the novelty of it wears off, but also we're learning a lot more and it becomes like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to this than I thought there was. And yeah. in that process, our competence is still increasing because we're learning, but our confidence drops. That's so interesting. I never even, I never even thought of it that way. Like, that's true. Like, that is true. But it's also funny because like speaking about confidence, like a lot of people will say to me like, oh, like I just, you know, they're scared to do something because they don't have the confidence, whether it's to go live or to finally launch their website or whatever, whatever it is, they're, they're too, they're afraid they don't have the confidence. And it's funny because I see a lot of people waiting to do things, waiting until they have the confidence. And what I found is like, you get the confidence by doing like, you just do the thing as you're crapping your pants. And then (laughs) once you do the thing, then you get the confidence. And so, so like, so going back to that thing that you did with the Donning, Donning Kruger, Kruger. Kruger. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, so is there a point though, where it begins to go back up as you're looking? Yes. <laughs> yes. For each and every one of us. The interesting thing about this though, is that kind of dip is where most people give up. Mm, yeah. Or most people, especially in the online space, we see this, they want to all of a sudden change their focus, change mm-hmm. their niche. Mm-hmm. Oh, let me go do, actually, I don't want to do this thing. I'm going to go do that thing because they're craving that surge of excitement, which happens. Fresh slate again. They're Mm -hmm. at the beginning again. It's new again. (laughs) This one's going to be easier. This one's going to be different. So we see people who want to be successful going through this cycle, this pattern of starting over. And it's because they get some kind of secondary gain, right? They get something out of it, even though it's negatively impacting them. Well, they're getting this confident, this quote unquote confidence surge. And so for the people who actually sit in the muck, sit in the discomfort and continue to persevere, they end up kind of reclimbing that mountain. And, and eventually because they're continuing to grow their competence, their expertise, they become the industry experts Mm -hmm. and they become the go-to person. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I totally like, I have my audience is obviously entrepreneurs and I see that a lot. I see that all the time of people changing their niche or like, Mm -hmm. you know, like like you said, cause they, they, they tried it for a little bit at, you know, what are that's weeks or months and they weren't gaining traction. And so, oh, let me, they'll say like, oh, well, this niche isn't like profitable. Like this, there's no one like in this niche or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then they'll, they'll change, change it again. And sometimes they'll change it to like the niche they think is going to like business. For example, I get, right. oh, I get people all the time who like switch to, they, they say that business is the, you have to teach business if you want to make money. And so I see a lot of people switching to that, even though that's not like in line with like their zone, their passion, they will yeah. do something business related because they think it's what they need to do in order to make money in their business. I am seeing that a whole lot, but I think what's interesting, and I don't know if you've noticed this too, those people will go into teaching business and then after a certain amount of time, maybe they will make some money or, you know, however long they're in it. 
I, there's a handful of people that I'm thinking of right now who I'm watching now yeah. and into that business. And then yeah. mm, actually I'm going to go back to my roots <laughs> because now I actually under, like, now I just have more experience in business in general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. And also it's just funny because I always say like the business niche is like one of the most saturated niches. Yeah. So you might think it's easy, but there's like a ton of people in here. So like, yeah. You know, so it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily easier. So anyway. Right. Well, I think that's the thing too. People see from the outside a version of something. I I know even within my, my program, I've had quite a few people who were health coaches or life coaches or relationship coaches all of a sudden want, have the temptation of going into business. And, you know, me and my team, what we've had to say is, you know, if that's not really your area of expertise, I understand the temptation because you see this program, right? Maybe this is the first online course they've ever done. And so that's their only point of reference. So they see how easy it looks. I'm like, guys, this is years of refinement. So yeah, Yeah. it seems like, Oh, that's so easy. Look how it's mapped out. But you'll get there if you just stay focused on the thing that you're doing. And I think that's what's one of the points I wanted to make with the Dunning-Kruger effect is for a lot of people who are kind of in that place right now where they're having the height of their imposter syndrome at the, the bottom of that dip where they're building their confidence, but they kind of temporarily lost that confidence. Yeah. What you want to consider is, and I know for a lot of you guys, you might be scrolling social media and you see some newbie coach who's, it's, let's say you're in the manifestation that you see some newbie coach who popped out of the ground and is all of a sudden making crazy sales with their manifestation course. And you're like, mother trucker, I am so much more expert than you. I've been in this forever. How dare you come in and take my clients, right? Super abundant thinking. Right, right. That's a whole other deal. Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing. We do see that. We see these people popping out of nowhere and launching things and just being that ignorance on fire. But here's the thing not everybody, but when you, when you, you know, somebody who literally just started in a niche, it's because they're at that very first level of high level confidence, ignorance on fire. That was me too. Like I'm just going for it. So the question you want to ask yourself, if you're kind of stuck in that space or telling yourself the story that you're stuck in the space of, of imposter syndrome, if everybody who was stuck at the bottom of that dip, living in that dip of imposter syndrome, if every single one of those people chose not to launch some kind of course program service because they believed the story they were telling themselves about being an imposter. What type of courses in your industry and in your area of expertise are actually then being put out there? Sure, you've got Mm. the expert experts putting stuff out there, but the majority of the courses and programs that are being launched are by the people that actually don't know what the heck they're talking about who just got started. So are you really going to sit there and allow people not allow people, but are you really not going to get in the game? Are you going to bench yourself because you think it looks saturated when the majority of the people that are part of the saturation are people who you've got years ahead of? And again, I'm not saying this to put you up against anybody. I think there's so much abundance. I think everybody, there's plenty to go around, plenty to go around, no matter what level, even if you're like, Oh God, Jen's talking about me. I'm a total beginner. Maybe (laughs) I should do. That's not what I'm saying at all. Like take the action, you guys. But I am challenging the belief of imposter syndrome because actually it's the people that have higher levels of expertise that have the higher levels of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if you have imposter syndrome, it's actually likely a sign that you do know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't have that if you were just getting started. Yeah. So let that imposter syndrome, instead of looking at it as a, a negative or something that's holding you back, really recognize that it is a sign of knowledge. It's a sign of expertise. It's a sign of depth and width in your in your area. Um, and then you also said something really <laughs> fun that I wanted to touch on. You said like this idea of confidence that yeah. people say, I, I don't, I don't have the confidence yet. Confidence is both, it, it is a habit and it mm-hmm. is also an emotional state. Yes. We can look at it both ways and emotional states are fleeting. So yeah. in one moment I could think about something that made me feel confident and feel confident. I could also think about something that made me feel like crap and feel and yeah. <laughs> so it drives me nuts when people are basing the entire success and trajectory of their business on a yes. fleeting emotion. When yes. the reality is I'm far more interested in looking at confidence as a habit. When I say confidence yeah. as a habit, it's really just it's a skill, right? It's a, it's a mental skill that you're building, a mental muscle, as well as the skill in your area of expertise. When you can build the 
mental programming that allows you to not waver as well as the actual skill to deliver, you don't need confidence. Right. You don't need confidence. Confidence is a byproduct of having the skill and the mental muscle built. Yes. So yeah, that's. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And that's, and that's part of like the whole confidence thing that we've been talking about. That's like one of the reasons why I named this podcast, the take imperfect action podcast. It's because I was just seeing so many people like, yeah, it touches on like those, the perfectionists who are, you know, that's just another form of like procrastination and fear and all of that, but also just people waiting to have that confidence to do the thing. It's like, no, just, just make it a habit to feel that discomfort. And it's funny, I was on a call yesterday with some of my students and we were talking about this very thing. And I was like, if you really think about it, because it is just, it's like a, it's a emotional state. It's a feeling. It's like when you're feeling unconfident though, it's really just like these physical sensations in your body and they don't like hurt or really it's just like you know just like maybe it's just feels like a lump in your throat or shaky sweaty hands or whatever and it's like when you can learn to just be like okay like I'm just feeling a little of these sensations cool I'm gonna take that step anyway it's just it's (laughs) like I don't know I I think I I look at anyway I'm going on a tangent so no this is beautiful though because what you're saying is like we can we can recognize the physiology, what's happening in our bodies, and we can choose to continue to move through the pattern of, oh gosh, because I'm shaky and my hands are sweaty, that means I should go and hide, I'm not ready. Or you can make it mean, You're press excited. side, do the thing, <laughs> jump, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah. It's, the same, it's a similar reaction in our bodies when we're scared yes. and when we're excited. Yep. So you can choose yes. to put whatever label you want on the symptoms. Yep. I love that. And that's actually, I, I've talked about, about it before, but I was struggling with like 20 years worth of chronic anxiety, um, that I was able to kind of overcome two years ago. But like one of the things that I did, like any time that I was feeling like really nervous or scared, because especially as I was growing my business, like I was stepping out and doing webinars and I was terrified and going live and I was terrified and I would like feel so like, I remember the first webinar that I did, I wanted to, I was up all night the night before I woke up several times having to go to the bathroom. Cause I thought I was going to literally vomit. I didn't, but I was that nervous and I was so terrified and I was shaking and my, I was sweating and I was like thinking of every reason I could like maybe just call it off. Like just tell everyone I got sick and I can't do this <laughs> so desperately wanted to call it off. But then I was like, no, I can't, like, I know this could grow my business. This is what I need to do. And so instead I decided to pretend that that anxiety was actually just excited energy. I was like, this, Mm -hmm. my hands shaking is just because I care. I'm excited. I am ready. And I like got in front of the mirror and I started pumping myself up and I was like talking in an accent to myself, like, oh yeah, you got this. And it's like that shift made such a big difference. It's like one of my cheats in business is like, anytime I'm feeling scared, I just pretend that I'm so excited. Like I transit transition that energy into excited energy and it makes a huge difference. And you become a British pop star. Exactly. (laughs) 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 So one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you, one of the other questions that I wanted to ask you <laughs> is, um, so as you are going through your day, what do you do when you catch yourself caught in some, like you're, you find yourself getting kind of stuck? Like maybe you encounter a challenge or, you know, a problem, air quotes. What do you do? Like, what is your kind of process for like busting through that stuff for yourself it's interesting because I talk to myself in my head quite a bit which is oh yes which I'm sure we all do (laughs) we all do to some degree um but sure let's even go with the you know I'm I'm not expert enough I I just begin to go through all of those things of channeling it uh challenging it and really identifying what is the belief what's underneath that um if, if I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work. I'm like, ding, ding, ding. Like all, mm. it's, it's interesting because over the last couple of years, I think that's really, I think a lot of people believe that once they get to a certain level or do a certain amount of personal development, that they're not going to have 
negative or limiting thoughts come through. Yeah. And I don't think that's true. I think the, the beauty of it is you're always going to have, or maybe, maybe you won't, I don't know who, who am I to say, <laughs> right? I'm like, I catch myself when I'm making like general statements all the yeah. time. I'm like, actually, I don't know if that's true. I'm just believe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if, if, someone would get to the place where they have zero limiting beliefs ever. Of course, that would be like a euphoria, I'm sure, unlike anything. I don't ever. think so. I mean, you're always growing. There's always going to be something. You're growing and expanding. Grow. Exactly. With that expansion comes challenges. And I think yeah. life would be pretty boring if we didn't have those challenges. Yeah. And we say we want that. And then as soon as we get it, we'd be like, all right, well, what's next? <laughs> yeah. like, give me something else. <laughs> so I just slowly went on a tangent. Um, <laughs> I love it. I love tangents. So for me, I think the, the beauty of really doing a lot of inner work is not that we don't have those limiting thoughts come through or negative thoughts come through. It's that you catch them faster and reframe mm-hmm. them more easily. Yeah. So and, can you give an example of like reframe, just, just for anyone listening who might be like me several years ago and be like, well, what does that even mean? Like <laughs> who they're, they're caught up in like the technicalities of it all. Like, could you just give an example of like, something that you might want to reframe like give me an example of the thing to be reframed and then how you would reframe it so one of the ones that i i love is when people say i don't know because mm-hmm. i say that to myself I'm like oh, i don't know what to do that's pretty common regardless of industry yeah. or <laughs> any any time whether you have that. business or not <laughs> yep. so an nlp question that um you can use so guys if you're a coach feel free to take this but a question that you can, an NLP stands for neuro, neuro-linguistic programming. Mm-hmm. So an NLP question that you can ask it, people say, well, I don't know. You say, well, if you did know, like what I would you do? That. What would it be? So that's just a question of basically taking someone outside the problem and giving them an objective way of looking at the situation. Because right now all they see is the problem. And yeah. so by saying, well, if you did know, then that forces the subconscious mind to actually shift to the scenario in which they do know, and then all of a sudden you can get that clarity to come through. And somebody might not have that clarity instantly come through. However, that begins to act, so we all think in pictures and movies, so just by asking those questions and shifting the pictures and movies, we can open up totally new things. When we say, I don't know, I don't know, we have some kind of image that we're playing, maybe we feel like we're stuck in mud or something like that, or it's just Mm -hmm. darkness, and you say, well, if you did know, well, all of a sudden that could be like a little spark of light. It could be anything for anyone, but it shifts the picture, which allows in some more freedom and flexibility on the subconscious level. Um, and then also for, I don't know, one thing that I uh, <laughs> mentioned the other day on my Instagram, I was like, I don't know. I don't know. We hear this all the time. I say this to myself and I was like, well, since you don't know, it means that you could know the answer and yeah. not know that you already know it. It's right? in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere because if you don't, if you haven't yet recognized that you, if you haven't yet recognized what the answer would be, it really does mean that you could actually know what the answer is and just not recognize that you've had the answer all along, which I, I find to be that, true yeah. for the majority of yeah. my clients. We all kind of laugh when we do like group coaching calls or mastermind stuff. I'm not, I'm not giving anyone any answers. I don't give yeah. advice. It's not my, I, who, who the heck am I to tell someone how their business should look or, or whatever. Yeah. Nine times out of 10, the question comes back to, or, or what we unpack is that they actually already knew the answer. Yeah. They just were unsure of what it would look like. They were unsure if they wanted it, overthinking <laughs> it, or they just, I remember there was one girl um, who was in not a full business partnership, but had a component to her business where there was, she was doing some collaboration. And her question was like, should I stay or should I go? But that wasn't her question. That was the surface level question. The real question was, I already know that I want to, part ways because this doesn't feel in alignment how do I have the conversation in a way that doesn't make her upset yeah that was the real question yeah so she already had the answer to the bigger this or that it was just then about saying okay well what did you already have in mind you know the relationship better than anybody else what do you think would be a great way to have this conversation and navigate it and then obviously with a lot of my training in language I'm like okay then I can come in and like actually maybe you don't make it seem like you're dumping her maybe make it (laughs) a positive thing for both of you guys. Like, isn't this great? We both get to really step into our own and have our voices heard and have this next level of expansion, right? So just like the framing of it is so important with with those types of things too. But, you know, that's just one example of how, you know, I think people think, they they tell themselves the story, I don't know, Mm -hmm. because they do know the answer and they don't want to have to deal with the underlying stuff like, 
parting ways right. with your partner. Like that feels ah, resistant and heavy and I don't want to look at it. So I'm just going to keep telling myself, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it's also, okay. I love, I love all of this. And I love the example you gave because it's, we can, anyone can relate to the, I don't know thing, no matter yeah. what you're doing. It's a great example. And I love it because it reminds me of that Einstein quote. I'm obsessed with all the Einstein quotes. He's like the best quotes, but it's that one, the, the one I'm going to butcher about you, how you can't solve a problem at the same level that it was created or whatever. Um, like if you're stuck in the problem, you're not going to be able to find the solution. And I just, it's such a powerful way to start thinking. And also it's funny because I know you talk about like subconscious and stuff like, oh my gosh, subconscious is just so fast. It's so fascinating. Like I'm obsessed. Like I've been, <laughs> are you familiar with, um, how do you pronounce it? Gaia? Gaia? Is it Gaia? Like, oh girl. <laughs> Oh man, I don't know. It's like the the spiritual Netflix. It's so magical and wonderful, and <laughs> I love it. But like, I have been watching every, like, reading as many books and just like watching as much as I can on like the subconscious and how it works. And just like when you're telling yourself you don't know all the time, like that's what you're kind of telling your subconscious, and it's just gonna keep giving you more of you don't know. Yeah, you you hypnotize yourself into believing it's true. It's it becomes just, people. I said this to one girl, one client. She kept saying it, and I was like, "You, you." I was like, "Let's maybe come up with a new mantra for you." Mm -hmm. She's like, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, right now your mantra is I don't know." She said, "No, it's not." I said, "Well, how do you define a mantra?" And she said, "Something that you repeat all the time." <laughs> oh shit, that's my mantra. <laughs> I was like, okay, so then maybe we should find an intentional mantra for you that you can repeat. So, so what was a good mantra that you gave her for replacing the idol? Oh, it, well, you kind of already talked about it, but just say yeah. it again. It's a good mantra. Yeah, I mean, and I think it could be it could be anything that, that feels aligned to you or anything that you want to program your subconscious to open to. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was most likely something similar to answers and ideas come to me easily and effortlessly or I'm an open oh, channel like for it. all things to break through or yeah you know any any number of things maybe leaning it if somebody's not trusting their intuition and that's why they're saying I don't know mm -hmm. then maybe coming up with some kind of statement or, or mantra of I always know the answer when I look inward and trust my intuition oh. my instincts are like okay, pure okay. And vibrant, I like, love this and okay <laughs> I want to just branch off for a second. I'll, I'll be yeah. mindful of time we'll wrap up here in a minute or two <laughs> but you said intuition and this is something that again like I so as I mentioned I was a chronic overthinker always anxious obsessed with the stats um up until about a little over two years ago and over the last two years, I have made it like my top priority to just like focus on my intuition and what is it mm -hmm. saying, the nudges, all of those things. But for anyone who's listening, who's like, well, first of all, everyone has an intuition, but how can you tell the difference between your intuition and say your mind, like your, your, your thinking, like, how do you tell when it's your intuition speaking? Ooh, yeah. Like your intuition may be saying, Hey, don't do that. Yeah. But well, how do you tell your, the difference? How do you know if it's your intuition or if it's just like your, your, your monkey mind being, you know, trying to warn you against things or that type mm. of thing. How do you tell the difference? Um, I think it's, it, it is such a personal and individual thing. I think I've learned over time when I trust my intuition, things usually turn out pretty good. Yeah. When I am not listening to my intuition, I usually get the same patterns of thi of things not going the right way, whether it be in relationships or in business. Um, I think a, a fast track way to really check in on, on your intuition is, you know, does, is it when, when I get really connected and kind of close my eyes, I, I don't really know how to describe it. I guess this is something I need to figure out of like, what are the steps to connect with my intuition? Cause it's just something that like I've refined over time. But yeah. for all of you guys, you probably have had moments in your life where you felt very connected to your intuition and you made a decision that maybe went against something else. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I'm so glad I listened to my intuition. So whatever it is, like go back to that moment that and, and feel the feel. Cause it is a very, uh, kinesthetic experience. And I think it can be very auditory or visual for people as well. But go back to that moment where you trusted your intuition and just really 
check in because I don't know what it feels like for other people. It might feel different for everyone. So for me, I know when I'm aligned with my intuition, my palms, I can feel like energy in the core of my palm. Oh, that's so interesting. Is, yeah. yeah. Or when I, or if, if something, um, if an idea comes through and it's the right idea, I get chills all over my body. I love that. So this is just weird things that happen to me. Yeah. And that's yeah. my soul telling me, Hey, this is it. You're, you're in alignment. That's the thing you want to move towards. Mm-hmm. I remember it first started when I started reading years ago, I got introduced to Abraham Hicks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, channeling and all of that yeah. stuff. And yeah. I, I would read certain lines that I would just like, whoosh, like the way that when you, when you're standing in the ocean and water just kind of hits your feet and that yes. energy just kind of rushes up. It was almost that kind of feeling where I would just get this rush of energy, this surge. And it would be like every other line, it would be like, whoosh, whoosh, like all of these, like, <laughs> <I love it. laughs> whatever, all these, these goosebumps. And so I know for myself that that's when my like inner being, my soul, my source energy, whatever you want to call it, that's when I know it's speaking to me. And so when I'm really connected and aligned with that, that's when I, I can make the best decisions. I think to kind of piggyback on this, I know I'm, I'm trying to talk about no, 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 okay. I'm working through this as we go, <laughs> but I think, you know, intuition versus anxiety, how do we know the difference? I think a lot of people make decisions from anxiety. So yes. we'll, we'll say that. And especially when we look at, um, you know, sales online, one of the things that I tried to do during a launch process is I'm not trying to bring anyone into a program that doesn't belong in the program or doesn't feel like it's hundred percent aligned. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who are joining based on anxiety and scarcity of like, I don't want to miss out, but it's yeah. not really the right program for them. And then yeah. there's people who are not buying because they uh, are, you know, feeling fearful or suck. So on both ends, the wrong people could end up in there if they're operating and making a decision from anxiety. Yeah, so, so what true. I really try to do is, move people into getting connected with their highest version of themselves. So for me, I'm like, it's the $10 million version of Jen. We're going to have a conversation with her. So for some people, it's like, might be the million dollar version, the six figure version, the highest level version. Maybe you have a name for your alter ego. It's like, let me talk to that person, bring that version of you forward and operate from that thinking, from that mindset, from that level of intuition. So for you, it could, you could enter it through the mind of saying the $10 million version of me. You could say, oh, I know my hands start to feel a certain way, or I feel tingly, or I feel peaceful when I'm in alignment and connected to my intuition. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think there's way too many people making decisions for anxiety and then having fires sure. or worse. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah. I see it. I see it happening, you know, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That's uh, so many good points. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, I could keep going all day because I'm like just getting started. I'm working up a sweat. Um, but we don't, <laughs> we don't want to go all day. So I do want to wrap it up with one more question. So this is the Taken Perfect Action Podcast. And at the very end of every episode, I like to give my listeners just one concrete step that they can take preferably in the next 24 hours to implement what they just learned. So what is one step that my listeners could take today to kind of put into practice what we've been talking about? Hmm. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. Because I feel like any step that anyone takes is going to be individual based on their intuition. So since we're just talking about that. So guys, if you're listening to this, as long as you're not driving or running operating machinery. Go ahead. And just, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to help you get connected to your intuition, that, that part of you. So go ahead and just close your eyes and go ahead and think of a moment where you felt really connected to your intuition, really aligned. Things just felt really easy. And if you're saying, Jen, I don't, can't think of a specific time, maybe think of a moment where you were in nature. Cause that tends to be when we were mm-hmm. very connected. Maybe you were at the beach or in, in a forest. So go ahead and connect with that moment. Go ahead and float down into your body. See what you saw, hear what you heard, and just feel those feelings of total intuitive alignment. Go ahead and just enhance that picture, whatever it is, whatever you're looking at or hearing or feeling. Go ahead and allow that to just times 10 and allow that to expand again outside the building or the space that you're in and all throughout the state that you're in and the country. and. Yeah. Cool. And then go ahead and float on back into 
wherever you are. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So that's, that's is, like, we could, that's a really quick version of it, but we can really connect with that intuition yeah. at any moment in time, no matter how crazy we're feeling in any moment. It's just a matter of, you know, we have, con- we have context for it. We've been there before or we've been somewhere close to it before. And so we can use some of those sensory, uh, our sensory abilities to kind of bring us back to that when we're feeling like we have nothing to grasp onto. Oh, you do. So powerful. So good. And you can literally do it anytime, anywhere. I absolutely love it. Jen, this has been fantastic. I just think you're the best. You uh-huh. have so much value. I love your message. I love what you're teaching. Thank you so much for being here today. And where can all my listeners go stalk you online? <laughs> <laughs> I'm everywhere at Hey Jen Casey. So HeyJenCasey.com. That's my handle for everything. And the Inner Boss Podcast. I love it. And y'all, if you're, well, obviously you're listening about, so if you're listening, well, obviously <laughs> you are, uh, go follow her on Instagram because she drops golden nuggets like every day. <laughs> like, every day when I read your post, I'm just like, oh yes, this is huh. so good. So go follow her on Instagram and go listen to her podcast because it is also fantastic. You won't be sorry if you go listen. You will, you will, you will thank me later. All right. Well, thank you so much. And I will connect with y'all in the, in the next, in the next episode. What am I saying? Bye. <laughs> Wait, don't go just yet. If you enjoyed today's episode, then I would seriously love for you to let me know. Simply take a screenshot of yourself listening to today's episode, share it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at Wonderlast so that I can see it. And of course, feel free to share any insights, ahas, or lessons that you might have learned. Not only would this give me the warm fuzzies, but it would also help to spread the word about this podcast, which, if you enjoy it, would be one of the most meaningful ways that you could support the show. So take that screenshot, share it in your Insta stories, and tag me at Wonderlast. And who knows? I might just very well feature you on my Instagram. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.